What's up, everybody, and welcome to today's bonus podcast, where my desire is to take Sunday's messages just a little bit deeper. As always, we hope that this helps you and that this blesses you. If it does, please be sure to share this message with someone. Well, all right, everybody, welcome back. We are diving into another Sunday message. We have been in a series called The Blessed Life, and we have now just arrived at the meat of the series. Yes, it has taken us four weeks to get here. But the reason for that is, as I've said it in the last couple of weeks, is when we start talking about generosity and specifically about tithing, if you don't get the principles of the kingdom, I think you're going to struggle with tithing. And um, so we really wanted to make sure we taught on the principles of the kingdom. The kingdom is the upside down kingdom. The way up is down. Whoever wants to be the greatest must be the servant. Whoever wants to find his life must first lose his life. And so if you you don't get that, nothing about tithing and generosity is going to make sense. Generosity, tithing, giving God your first, that is countercultural to the Western culture that we are living in. And, and so you've got to first identify that as now... Um, that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We we live to a different set of values than the values of this world. Now, when you get that, then you can begin to digest biblical principles that I believe are kingdom principles. So let's talk about tithing. As I said early in my message on Sunday, and what you need to understand about tithing is tithing is a principle. It is life and it is not law. Tithing doesn't save you. Not tithing doesn't mean that you have not given your life over to Christ and received Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's not it. We don't believe that. We don't teach that. But what we do believe and teach is that throughout the scriptures, there is this principle of giving God what is first. You see this with Cain and you see this with Abel. Cain gave God some of his crops and Abel gave God the first. He brought the first to God, the principle of the first. And then in the book of Exodus, uh, now we have moved on from the dispensation of uh, of Cain and Abel, and, and now we've moved into the dispensation of the law, and, and God has given to Moses the, the Ten Commandments and the additional hundreds of commandments that follow. And included in that was this principle of giving God your first uh, so that it will redeem what is rest. Um, it, it will redeem what is left over. So, so you give to God your first and, and the redemption now covers over to everything else that would come next. So, so when you offered up the sacrifice of a lamb and when you did that to redeem your firstborn, you redeemed your firstborn and you redeemed everything else that would follow. There is there there was a blessing that covered the rest of the 90% when you brought God first and when you brought him your tithe. Um you as you go um if, as you move on in the old testament when you get to the prophets you have the prophets saying um bring the tithe to the storehouse and um when you do so you are honoring god and and, and the prophet even says that you can test god in this um, test God in this and see if he will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. It's the only area where God invites us to test him back. Test me in this thing. Test me in the tithe. 
Um, and then, of course, if you look in the Proverbs, which which I'll be unpacking in the, the week to come, all throughout the Proverbs, there is this there is this counsel. There was this, there's this sound wisdom and advice about how we are to handle our finances and generosity. And then of course, when you get to the new Testament, Jesus himself says, listen, wherever your, your, your um, treasure is, that's where your heart is. If, if I want to know where your heart is at, all I need to do is look at your bank statements. I know exactly where your heart is at. So that's a, that's a really quick rewind of our message on Sunday. And I, I want you now just take a step back and, and kind of just talk about tithing. And that's really what I wanted to do with our, our bonus uh, podcast today is let's talk about tithing. Um, as I said a minute ago, it's a principle, it's life, and it is not law. And um, as I've shared in the past, I like to go behind the curtain of the sermon preparation and teaching on tithing is not a difficult thing for me to do. Well, why is that? I believe when you have lived as someone who brings their tithe to God, when when you have lived through what it means to give God your tithe, and you have seen him bless your life, and you have seen him do more with 90 than, than we could do with 100, it's not, it's not a difficult concept to talk about. I think the only people that um, struggle with this are the people who, for whatever the reason, either you you don't believe in it uh, be, because of um, it, it, it's hard to be super polite when I say this, but maybe you don't believe in it because you hold your money in a tight fist. Um, you're just a frugal person. And, and, and so you don't believe in it. it has nothing to do with the Bible. It's just your own personal belief where, where you hold your money so tightly. And I think we know people like that. Um, that's one thing. There's some people that will try to explain away tithing. They'll say, you know, when I look through the Bible, I don't see Jesus talking about tithing. I don't see the the apostle Paul talking about tithing and they try to explain it away. Um, you know, I, I would just say like, yeah, you can do that when you've never tithed, but if you have actually become a tither, if you have, um, if if you have lived this principle out in your life, it makes the conversation so easy. I've I've talked to people who um, the minute we talk about tithing, and they even here at Lighthouse Church when we have our uh, growth track and we talk to people about generosity and finances, and when we talk about the subject of tithing, I've had people approach and said, "I'm so glad you guys teach it as principle and not law, and I'm so glad that you guys, um, you know, have." have the way that you teach about it, the way that you do, because I don't believe in tithing and no one in the new Testament. So they, they kind of go on and do their thing. And, and I, and I think, and I could just say that I think if that person ever stepped into a life of tithing, they'd completely change their view. Like, like they would completely change their view. They are trying to rationalize their way out of giving God the first of their income. And, um, that that's, you know, those are the folks that I would just say, try God in this, try God in this, you know, and, Tell me if you really think that um, it was a bad decision. As a matter of fact, what I said on Sunday, and I'll say now, I've never met a person who has um, who is a tither that has said, man, this just ain't working out. This is just not good. This is terrible. I don't recommend this on anyone. I think that truthfully, if, if you're not a tither, I think you would you would say you've never met someone who is a tither who would try to talk you out of tithing. And there, there's a reason for that. We've, we've seen the blessing in it and we've seen um, God's hand over our life. We've seen when God challenges us in the area of our generosity, in the area of our finances, how he never 
lets us down. We cannot outgive God. So again, it wasn't difficult to prepare for it. Um, a lot of what we talked about was taught from Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life. And um, I really think it's a book that you should read. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's actually not a book that has a lot to do with tithing. It has more to do with generosity. It has more to do with being a generous person. I know that when I finished reading this book, I was so compelled to do a generous act. And, and I did um, more about that next week. But uh, I, I, I did something that um, I would not have done had I not been challenged in my area of generosity. Now, keep in mind, I am a tither. Um, I'll just say now what I said on Sunday. Last year, my wife and I gave 14% of our income to God through our local church, through Lighthouse Church. So I'm a tither. It's something that I believe in. It's something that I practice. And even with that, after reading this book, I felt so challenged to be a more generous person. I remember when uh, my wife's uncle passed away um, tragically um, in 2020 and very suddenly. Um, it, it was a difficult loss. and. Um, as, as any loss is, but, um, he was such a generous person and, and that stories of his generosity continue to emerge from his funeral and, and his kids were learning at his funeral, just how generous their dad was. Like they knew he was generous because again, a generous person, you, you can't hide that. Um, he had this habit of at the family parties, um, be it Christmas, Thanksgiving, whenever there'd be a large family gathering, birthday party. Um, he always had this um, habit of of standing on a chair and he would make it rain. Yes, he would. He would. He would. He'd have a plastic bag full of dollar bills, five dollar bills, sometimes twenty dollar bills, and he would literally start throwing it up in the air. And he did this for the kids. He would say, "Okay, where are all the kids?" The kids would gather around, and they knew what uncle was getting ready to do. Uncle stands here, and he would literally start making it rain. And I remember my son Jaden running in there getting his money, and you know, <laughs> that's what I mean. You couldn't hide the fact that this man was generous. But at his funeral, the stories that emerged, his own family said we had no idea just how generous he was. Stories were coming forward of how he bought someone their first car. He paid for someone's college. He paid the down payment on on um, you know, on, on someone's big expense. I mean, it was story after story. And his kids were even overwhelmed with the areas of generosity where they did not even know how generous their dad was. And so I say all that because after reading through this book and, and where we've been going in this series is I believe the blessed life is a generous life and it begins with tithing. So now that we've talked about tithing, we'll move on to generosity next week. I was reading some stories uh, just last night and John Tyson, who's an incredible pastor out of New York City, did one of those ask me anything um, things on Instagram stories and somebody asked a question, which I'm going to um, ask as well, because again, I just mentioned a minute ago, people will say, well, it's a good thing you talk about the tithing as principal pastor, because it's not biblical. And, and, you know, I, I won't agree with them on that. I'll say, well, it's, it's a biblical principle, whether or not you choose to do it, it's, it's not going to be salvific to you. Um, but you know, whenever they say, well, why wasn't tithing taught by Paul? Um, I love pastor John Tyson's response. He simply said it was lived by Paul. He didn't need to teach it because he lived it. <laughs> 
And if you read your Bible, if you read all throughout the letters, and if you read his epistles, the, the, so many of the epistles talk about the collection by the churches to support the planting of more churches. Well, where did that collection come from? <laughs> where does the money to plant other churches come from? Paul had to abandon his career and um, for every time he'd go on a missionary trip. And, and of course, you actually read in the Bible when he was not doing a missionary trip. He was back to making tents, back to his profession. But my point being is um, Paul needed to be supported. The only way he could be supported was through the generosity of the church. And you'll see that um, he would give commands as to how churches were to prepare their offerings and, and the different house churches, whether it was the church in Ephesus, uh, prepare an offering. We're going we're gonna to go to this region. And he even let them know this is the person that I've instructed to take the offering from place to place. And it's all throughout his letters. But where does that offering come from? Well, it comes from the generosity of the churches. Could you imagine for a second if the church did not um, have this, uh, if they were not compelled to bring an offering, like how would we have the church that we have today if the church churches were not living generously? As a matter of fact, the Book of Acts church, I don't even think they live by the tithe. I think they gave above and beyond the tithe because the Bible says that they were selling possessions and giving all that they had, anything discretionary, right back to the church. Any, anything that, that they didn't need to survive, right back to the church. Um, think about sacrificing all the wants in your life. Of course, you got to take care of your needs, food on the table, roof over your head. But but the Book of Acts church was holding things in common. Any little extra they had went to the church. So they they lived a life that was radically generous. And I believe that in the New Testament, if you say, well, I don't believe in the law of tithing. Um, again, it's not law. It's life. It is it is principle. I think you're going to miss out on the opportunity to experience really what the first church, what the early church experienced. I was reading the statistic that um, if the church actually practiced tithing, we wouldn't have to raise up special offerings. Um, we wouldn't have to do fundraising um, if the church was actually um, in 100% in agreement with this principle of tithing. The church would have all of the finances it would need to continue to plant more churches, support missionaries, support pastors, parachurch ministries, um, justice, initi justice initiatives. <laughs> but because so few of the church actually uh, practices the principle of tithing, um, churches are having to do special offerings, capital campaigns. we got to raise finances in this area. Well, why do we do all that? Well, because people are not practicing tithing. Um, I'll close with this. As I said earlier, 14% um, of our income in 2022 went back to God through our local church. That, that, that was our tithe and our generosity. And um, after our sermon, I sat down and on Sunday, I just had a moment to just stop and process. And, and I didn't go pray for people. I, I just went to my chair and kind of just had a conversation, a moment with Christ. And in that moment, it hit me. When I talk about 14%, I know some people right away are like, Pastor, man, that's, that's like going above and beyond. Um, some might say, imagine what you could do if you had that 14%. Imagine how many more vacations you could go on with your family. Imagine what kind of car you could buy for your wife. Imagine what kind of shoes you could buy if you just kept back that 14%. Imagine what life would be like for you guys. And that's the wrong question. The real question is, imagine what God can do with my 14%.
imagine how much greater our influence could be in our community. Imagine the amount of people that can be reached with the gospel. Imagine the amount of people that are going to get baptized and change the trajectory of their family for generations to come. Imagine what God can do when I bring him my first. I hope that um, that's something that you think about. Uh, wherever you're at, maybe you you're generous with the church. You're not quite tithing. You might be in the three to four percent. But but imagine what God can do when you put more into His hands. Imagine what God can do. Imagine who could be reached. Imagine who could be saved when we trusted God with the first of our finances and we partnered with this biblical principle and say, "I want to be a part of what God is doing." and how he is bringing uh, revival into my city and into my state. And, and, and I am going to give to that to further the message of Jesus in my city. Well, hey, listen, that's all I have for you today. I hope that this has been helpful and that it has taken you just a little bit deeper. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Send us comments, questions, and feedback. Email it to us at info at lighthousechurchnc.org. So until next time, you take care.